Hello and welcome to Polly Edrin, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew Mellis, and as always, I have my two friends in two little black boxes. Ryan? I can't stop scrolling through Amazon.com. I can't stop. I'm looking for Christmas presents. It's too oh, much. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't don't do your deal with the Bezos. I oh, that ship has fucking sailed for me. <laughs> <laughs> and Scott. Flash. Oh, master of the universe. Down, yeah. down, oh man, I haven't watched down. that movie in a while. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you, Ryan. It's it's too late. It's just too fucking convenient. But he did it. He, he did broke it. Me. He figured it out. Congratulations. You've made me a bad person with you, you piece yeah. of shit. Oh, uh, that's what we're gonna attempt to do after the new year. One of my things, but I'm not gonna renew it. Nope. Oh, not nope. Prime. Nope. Nope. You know, try okay. not shopping on Amazon as much as possible. Bruh. Bruh. All right. Good luck. All right, we'll but... tell you how the expanse is. <laughs> I'll I'll buy the expanse. Like I'll just buy the series. Let the fun. Out. But anyways, regardless, we'll talk about that later in patron content. How you guys been? Are you guys doing okay? Yeah. All right. Had a had a lonely weekend. Yeah, we're we're all very sleepy because we're mm-hmm. in our forties, and it was. I feel like I am. <laughs> oh. I'm not there yet, but I damn well feel like it. <laughs> oh, just wait. Okay. Yeah. Uh. So, Ryan, how's your gaming been? Good. Good. We're on the final push in Strahd. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna fuck up, Daddy. We're gonna go whoop, Daddy. We're 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 at the spook we're at the scary boy phase of being mm-hmm. adventurers and in, in Ravenloft it's just like we actually have to deal with Strahd and his chicanery. Well, he's the last. There are no worlds left to conquer, my friend. Like we right. ki- we backhanded Baba Lasaga. Oh as man, she we, back- we pushed her shit in. Well, she backhanded us right back. Yeah, no, it was rough. mostly her house did. Yeah. <laughs> hey, those hags and those houses, man. Her walking house beat the living Christ out of us. <laughs> she was less resilient. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I ran. Uh, I don't really have a name for it. Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, whatever that campaign turned into. <laughs> yeah, it's Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. It's still, it's Frostmaiden and it's still involved. In Surprise, yeah. bitch! Queen Mob is actually oral. <laughs> Surprise! They found out. Well, Ooh. oral was actually Queen Mob. Well. Queen Mob, no, Queen Mob is actually oral. Yeah, that's ah, Queen Mob is actually oral, or oral has always been Queen Mob. It doesn't matter. They're all the same thing. It's a god. It's a weird god of cold, sad ladies. And they got the reveal yesterday, and they apparently just thought it. I had beaten them up with, uh, with a very annoying, very uh, gregarious archmage that was just ridiculous like I, I had a little halister in me for it just to mm. just to do it and they were real tired so when oral walked out of the mist they were like oh sweet god no because mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like oh good I, we all have 20 hp hooray oh boy this, this better better go one way or another well no no nah, she's yeah. gonna She's going to be their ally at this point uh, just because okay. they've already earned her favor. You've had your fun. You've had your fun. I get it. We got it. We have other things we have to deal you with. You had to get it out of your system. That's fine. And that's why you had to introduce her when they're like, when when they're really low on everything. So they immediately just don't go shotgun fire at her. Well, good. I mean, Queen Mob doesn't have stats because she doesn't need stats. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't don't fight her like don't it's not gonna go well it's like bahamut why they didn't really need to give him stats you know 
Because it's like, I know comparing an archfey to a dragon god is kind of wrong, but like in terms of where they are and what's happening, yeah, same, same. <laughs> and but, Scott, what about your gaming? How has yeah, it been? Me. Uh, Strahd's been fun. Uh, it, it's it's spoopy adventure. We do uh, we do work well together as Angle Boy and Devil Boy. Oh yeah, it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, we we throw the magic around and it's great. Our magic is strong. Now he's very acute. Yeah, no, I have, I have an ankle. Um, but uh, also, uh, Aberrant's been going great. Uh, yep. Had some good episodes filming. Uh, we're we're in, in terms of broadcast order, we're very close to um, the end of this first season. Mm-hmm. So we'll be taking a little break on that that accord. But filming filming goes apace. Yeah, uh, and that'll be fun. Um, mm-hmm. And that's basically it. I don't have much else on my plate right now. All right. No problem. Well, what uh, about you, Matthew? Matt, what are you doing? Actually, it's very light uh, because we haven't done Man Mage in a while because I've either been too busy or too sick. Um, also, it just was October was just very full for everyone, mm-hmm. especially now that LARPs are gearing back up and people are gathering. Well, they're gearing back down now. <laughs> they, yeah. they did their one little, their little <laughs> shake and now they're like, all right, see you guys next year. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't have gaming, gaming, uh, really much to do. I've done some exciting things in my personal life, but I'll get to that in patron content. Um, other than that, uh, the biggest thing that we've got, because let's just, just go right on into the news, uh, is something that we did together a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Here. Oh, yes. We can tell them now. Yes, mm-hmm. we can officially tell you. Uh, I think patrons knew a while back. Which is Polyhedron in conjunction with Onyx Path Publishing. They were gracious enough to allow us to work together to do an actual play uh, for Trinity Continuum Anima. Yep. It is out now. Absolutely. Link in the show notes. The first two episodes are out. When you first hear this, uh, every Friday, they should be released until they are done. So you can get it in video format on YouTube on their channel. And on audio on RSS feed, I highly, I highly recommend it. Uh, yes. we did, we did, we did a good. Yes, uh, yeah, we, we did a great job there, uh, and uh, we had fun. Um, and it's great. Uh, that means, and the Kickstarter for that will be coming out soon. Yes, uh, the next Kickstarter has been officially announced last week, which was Onyx Path's going to do Trinity Continuum Anima. That's kind of why we did it. We told them we would mm-hmm. release it as sort of promotional for Onyx Path and Anima, because they know that we're big fans mm-hmm. and they like us. We have a good relationship. So we worked together and did it. Uh, it's going to be running all before, through, and after, just because of the amount of content we have. It's yeah. nine whole episodes. So it's a nice little mini campaign that we do. Yep. Nine characters. episodes, an hour each. Yep. Uh, and Eddie takes us on. A Eddie Webb is the guy who ran it for us. Yep. Uh, and we played with Dixie Cochran. Um, and he took us all on a nice little whirlwind tool of a tour of all the shiny new stuff that yep. is in Anima. I think we got our toes in everything new, uh, and that was great. You want to get yourself one dystopia? You yeah, need one, to listen to that. <laughs> one cyberpunk VR lit RPG dystopia. Yep, uh, <laughs> lit RPG. <laughs> I guess I mean, kind of. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, and it's great. Um, the the rules for being in an MMO are really tight and slick and yep. fun. Uh, and the the enhancement, the the new lore and uh, aspect of the setting is very cool from a from a lore hound perspective. 
so yeah, check it out. Check out the actual play. Check it out on Kickstarter. Uh, it yeah. gets the polyhedron thumbs up. Yeah, 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 man. Uh, so we'll definitely when it officially launches, probably be at least by the next episode, we will let you know and we'll give you all the links and all that fun stuff. So mm-hmm. go check it out, please. In other news, what else we got, guys? Uh, <laughs> go to the website yeah, that yeah, I yeah. go to for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I got you, bro. bro. The Sky Pirates a- of Abraxas, um, oh, which shit. is the, uh, the thing that the Dragonlance writers are yep. working on their own setting. Sky Raiders of Abra- of yep. Ab- Abarax. That's it. Uh, Abarax. Plain- so, yeah, that's their... That's their thing, which probably explains why there was so much hullabaloo between them because it wasn't the dragon of Summer's Twilight book being released. It was actually their own crazy, you know, their own crazy setting, which actually sounds kind of rad. Yeah. So I, I'm, I might actually check that out because it looks kind of neat. Yep. Uh, in other news, we've got ourselves a few things. There's there's a couple things out. Uh, there's a new thing called Plane Bra- Planes Breaker by monty cook games so if you're a big monty cook fan go check that out the kickstarter is live i'll put a link in the show notes it's supposed to be pretty good a lot of people were smaking the circuit as far as like influencers and the like because yeah, monty cook generally makes some pretty good games uh i think else? the humble bundle has literally all of numenera on there right now but mm-hmm. that might be Ooh. done by the time this releases yeah I'll check that out actually yeah numenera is pretty interesting um What's interesting about that, because it was one of the fir- first games, or at least more popular game, that was like, the GM rolls no dice. Even in combat, it is all basically DCs that the PCs have to hit, as far as that is concerned. Indeed. Um, uh, there's something interesting also that has been come to light, but I'm trying to, I couldn't find out who is publishing it, like the company. Laura hmm. Croft Tomb Raider is getting an R- licensed RPG. But right. I don't know who's Good publishing. For her. Like, I, like the, I can't imagine it's not just going to be the same. Like, I know it doesn't say the guys who did the two D twenty system, Modiphius, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's not Modiphius. It's not Modiphius. No, That's surprising. it's uh, Matthew Gaston. Blah, 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 blah. I'd be looked through the article when it, it doesn't say who's actually publishing. It gives me names of people, but it does not give me the company. Um. Because it's all tied into the 25th anniversary of the video game. That's yeah. going to be released about that same time. Well, I'm not going to listen. I, I think it's great that we're releasing just all these beautiful IPs as tabletop RPGs, but we're hitting saturation point. Like, actually, yeah. to be honest, we're probably like five miles past saturation oh, point. Oh, 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 sweet summer child. No, we're not. We're about to hit it because we're... We, they have just seen how much money they can make with official IP RPGs now. But that, it's so weird. It's like, I feel like no one's, are people playing these things? Like, is there going to be like a, somebody, I mean, if nothing else, people are collecting them. That's what I'm, it's like, it's becoming more like a collector's thing. Yep. Like where you just mm-hmm. collect these books where you don't, and don't actually like, maybe you don't care that much about the content, weirdly enough. Like It's like people who collect board games. They're not going to probably play all the board games they collect, but they have them as an option and they just have a collection. And if the books are nice. And the books yeah. are nice and everything like that, like and the rules work, maybe they'll eventually play them. But like, it's like, I, is anyone going to be rocking like 
like a long Transformers tabletop when that drops? Maybe. I'll, I don't I'll, know. I'll let I you know so. when I talk to my wife. Yeah. She loves Transformers. She she absolutely adores Transformers. So if I can get her to run one, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to shit on like all these IP ones. I really yeah. am not. I'm just just kind of curious. Like, just listen. I've been do- we've been doing this for you know a shit ton of years between the, all of us. We know that the attention economy is bad, y'all. Like, it's not good. So oh, just- it's it. This is actually I can I consider this a sort of. Uh, a, a, a maturation point for RPGs because they used to do I, IP tie-in RPGs mm-hmm. and they were crap. Like Oh, they were. No, they absolutely they were, were. I mean, horrid. They, the, the Dragon Ball Z one is absolutely comical if you ever get a yeah, good look I have, at it. Yeah, I have the Babylon 5 RPG. Mm. Dude. Uh, what, I bought I'm it not, purely I'm, for as a collector's item. Like, just to, I want to have it to have it. To be clear, I'm not saying that the situation but I'm saying like trying to get a group of people together to consistently play a game yeah. is difficult. The, that economy is a difficult oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. And with the 10,000 choices put between all of us, now it's like, are they publishing books for 13 people? Like that's... Oh, well, you also got to remember as the, as, the, uh, as the pool of players expands, it's there true. are now more people to buy those things, to play those more specific and, and niche games you like, know and actually i was just literally talking to someone today who just picked up starport i think which is just a, a rpg specifically to be run with your kids and mm. it's just like a simple dice pool you know dice pool a difficulty based system where you know you narrate and you know doing it with the family getting yeah. it and, and you know maybe want to move on to something a little more themed or do something you know, like it's, that it's kind of interesting like that's a weird thing i don't know if i'll role play with my kids because for me growing up that's not something you did with your family like you didn't role play with your dad or your mom because your mom and your dad weren't into it right but i don't it's it it's a very alien experience to me i don't but know like if your kid wanted to would you yeah probably yeah like, i mean you wouldn't think though to be like, well, they're six. Yeah. yeah. Just get some like, dice. I would wait till they're older. Like I'd wait till they're probably a good deal or at least like ten or eleven. And then start like I don't know, man. There there's gonna be, you know, when you have a kid, there's a period of your life and, and most certainly their life when you are all that exists. That is true. Uh and it's that's le- that's less true for you for them, but it's not not true. Yeah. Okay, so I'll put it this way. I played a shit ton of bo- like board games with my my parents right when I was a little kid, like between like 5 and 10 and stuff. If it had been D&D, that would have also been fine and I think also good. Like it, ro- okay. playing mon- infinitely I think role playing games is infinitely more useful than Monopoly. I'll put it that, that way to true. play with your children. Like if it's a choice between like <laughs> Milton Bradley bullshit board games or tell your kids a fun little story and let them roll some dice, tell your kids a fun little story and let them roll some fucking dice. It's better. No, I like should play Monopoly so they grow up hating capitalism. I mean, you can do that. You you can do that way better. <laughs> I mean, there are other methods. Uh, when they're choking on the dust of what was once a river, I think they'll figure it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Believe me, by the time, yes. Yeah. No, I, I totally get it. No, I, I understand. That will probably be a family thing. It's just. It's just never something that sort of like 
I could put well, my you know head Linda around. Want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, in, in very last, last news, uh, Chaos Room is celebrating the 40, 40 years of madness and mystery with the de- a deluxe edition of Call of Cthulhu. So there's like basically a very deluxe version that's going to have it's going to be a big old book that has many different iterations of the game. It's a yeah. very pretty book. Suggestions and tips, basically just a collection of a lot of the information they've had about the game hmm. for over the 40 Here. years of playing. Break break some people's minds. Here's lots of options. Yeah, Crack yeah, exactly. Open. 100%. Crack yes. open some boys with the cold ones. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. As I hold up the photo of the boys and it just starts twisting and burning and the like, eyes start burning out of the sockets. Yeah. gig. <clears throat> so that's all the news. Anything more from you guys? Nah, man. Not nah, 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 man. Okay. Okay. That's, that's one nah, man. So we're going to get right on into the main topic for this episode, which is, well, ready mysterious. Yeah, what are we talking about? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I know what I, we're talking about. Let's, guys, if we were gonna do a if we were gonna do a transition, we probably should have discussed a transition. <laughs> I mean, let's be real about this. Let's be honest. I don't know. I have I've set before you five clues. And <laughs> clues. They're all within they're all within the Zoom call. Now I'm going to roll dice until you tell me what I want to know, Scott. <laughs> it's mystery. Yeah, it's mystery. It's the hardest thing to do. It's yeah. so hard. Yeah. Um, We're talking about mysteries and RPGs, everyone, which, uh, like Ryan said, it's a very difficult task to put a mystery in front of the PCs. Well, well, you know how I know it's hard? Because people pay other, like, pay for a mail service to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and the stuff that they get back from them is not stuff that you would want to include as part of a tabletop role-playing game session. Yeah. It is non-compatible. Yeah. It's very time-consuming stuff. Puzzle-heavy, maybe. Yeah. There's definitely a difference between a puzzle and a mystery, though those two definitely interconnect heavily. I don't know. I think think there's a lot to... to, It's just how you go about putting the puzzle in front of your players and how you well, you yeah how, you have to contextualize what 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 consists of a solution to a mystery yeah uh, because like when I think of mysteries um, I very much think of it like a puzzle um, but it's not a it's not a puzzle like you would put together on a on a board game or that you would solve with you know bits and bobs it's not an escape room type thing um, because there's an answer. There's a solution to any mystery that I try and put forth in a, in a game. Um, things are always knowable. Um, but how you get to the answer, uh, more often than not, I try and not, not have a grand puzzle in my head that mm-hmm. everyone has to figure out exactly what piece goes where. Um, my strategy is more along the lines of all effort is valid. Um, mm-hmm. any, any effort put towards um figuring out the mystery or trying to engage with the problem is going to be valid in one way or another uh, and the the shape of the mystery and the shape of the solution uh, adapts to the actions of the players 
which is the hardest part because at that point you're literally on the fly creating interlocking narrative that makes the story you're trying to get across make sense based on the things they do mm-hmm. and that's hard that's that the hardest hard. thing like that I is said. that is an, an, an approach there uh, to, yeah to that me. is it, the most you know not the most correct approach but that is the probably the most feel-good approach to the whole thing mm-hmm. yes absolutely. that doesn't leave people kind of gritting teeth and like bored or like confused Frustrated. or you know well, having mean, the i can't read your mind problem mm-hmm. yeah i think the always the the, the 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 most satisfying mysteries uh in any rpg is one that the players didn't entirely get uh so that you do have a nice twist or a nice reveal at the end of it yeah. Um, but it's one that they could look back on and say, oh, everything was there. And that is actually the hardest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, if you put a mystery in a game, you want the, the payoff needs to be worth it, right? That's that's the point of a mystery, mm-hmm. is you want the players, and even you, the GM, to feel like you've done something or that something has been discovered, figured out. Yeah. Um, and Scott's approach... Um, the sort of the dynamic approach to a mystery is extremely valid in that how you want to do it because it lets you go, I know where this is probably going to go. Now let's see what the PCs want to do with how to get there. Yeah, And you I mean, just and, sort of and, switch things on, on as you need it. And of course you, you, you put out clues here and there, you know, as, as they're doing other things, as they're, you know, to following their own paths, you weave in a clue to the greater mystery to what they're mm-hmm. doing. Um, you know, you put something out there. Uh, you you know, you have an NPC show up to talk about a thing, like you know that that may may seem unrelated at the time, but it it locks into something either that another player is doing, yeah. or something uh, a part of, as part of the grand design. It's all about just sort of keeping the keeping the plate spinning in your head. Don't have too many of them. And let the players' actions feed into what's going on more so than your perfect grand design in your own head. Oh, absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. I think the, I think the real challenge is knowing when to present the clue and how uh-huh. to present the clue because it's you say just weave it in there like it's like it's a natural mm-hmm. thing to do, but it's not actually a natural thing to do for no. a lot of folk. Fair. I have a hard time with it without being like, "This is a clue." Mm-hmm. Or hey. hey, here's a clue. It's the answer to the problem. Shit. Shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like because ah, one of myself. the issues I have with mysteries in any game, LARP or tabletop, because you're dealing with humans who are smart and in like can figure things out and are intuitive. If you're not clever with your presentation, they can start they can jump through a they can jump a couple leaps of logic and go, Oh, I got the answer, guys. Then it just like you want to talk about like taking the air out of a balloon, that just like annihilates it in my mind. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, you know, that's when that 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 is when you you know step back and say, okay, they figured this they figured this thing out, and that's great for them. Like that is a one that they okay they they got to feel very clever and very cool, and yes, they absolutely did figure that that out. That is when you, you know, while in the midst of congr- congratulating them, in the midst of, of uh, having you know, your existential crisis in ha- your having, own mind, well, having your existential crisis, like, okay, so what's behind this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what, what does that, like, okay, so this, this would have been the payoff, 
Yeah. Now you have to think of, okay, so they've gotten this. This isn't the payoff. What is behind this that I can then like retroactively jury rig into saying like, yes, you solved this mystery, but it was but a single step upon the greater mystery <laughs> and never let them know. Yeah, yeah. Never, never, never say anything. Never let them know. You you figured it out. It's it's a mystery cult. Literally treat it like that. You can never reach the end of the mystery cult. I I, I well, I will disagree with that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's that's when you border into something uh, a, a grand term that I've I've heard is mysteriating. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that is a good word. Yeah, I know exactly uh, what it means for mm-hmm. sure. Thank you, lost. Uh, yeah, Lost. Lost is absolutely um, the show. Lost is an example of mysterification. Where that's just where it came from, like mystery upon mystery upon mystery, and, and you know you're you're spinning your plates and nothing. And ever every comes time together. you solve a piece of it, you get two more questions, and it just keeps. Yeah, well, never that, well, get I mean, the final resolution. That's that's when you're just trying to maintain momentum on something that probably should come to an end. Yeah, uh, and and resolve in some way. Uh, just for the purposes of you know keeping op- keeping opening the Matryoshka mystery boxes. Yeah, because uh, that's that that is an issue. Because the more you do that, the more convoluted the end result. If you ever try to close it, and mm-hmm. i.e. lost, yeah, well, we'll get you. Also, you don't you don't want to have them you them to get the next thing they're supposed to do and sigh. Yeah, you, that hurts in a way that i can't even begin to like if you've never had a player like when you put something in front of them that means it's like you're gonna have to go do something and they sigh audibly it's like there's a limited uh, number of hoops that i'm i am i enjoy jumping through yeah um it's like okay how much okay okay 10 more hoops all right this became less fun yeah it's like i already put a put a mountain of effort into this and you want me to put go and oh, I just realized I'm only at like this. I'm only I'm only halfway up. No, oh. no, dog. It, yeah. Then it comes down to it better be fucking worth it. Mm-hmm. Mostly like if if I've got I, I kind of got kind I got a half of one of those mm-hmm. in Frost Maiden. And I was just like, <gasps> so it's like, OK, well, I guess we got to wrap this shit up. Like, yeah. it's, it's time All right, to, let's 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 tie things up a little bit. Let's, yeah, let's yeah, yeah, get yeah, some yeah. slack. Yeah. So, uh, some so other things about mysteries. Another approach that Scott was like, obviously, this is not his methodology. This is not what he does. Is more of the concrete mystery of the there is a solution, there's a problem, there's a solution, and the solution has very specific avenues, which obviously can be very frustrating for people. It can be very frustrating for players in the gym if the players aren't getting the clues or understanding. But part of the sort of counter argument of that is like if they do follow the the, where there's the sort of the channels that you've set up and if you've done it correctly it's more interesting or fulfilling because they're like oh i actually figured it out it wasn't the gm in the back end are rearranging things to make it make sense it was actually making sense the whole time much harder obviously I think that that's very that is very satisfying in like you know the mis- the mystery package thing that Ryan was talking about or an escape room. Yes. Um it's just like yes that I mean that is what you are there for when you when you engage in that something you are there to solve a specific puzzle that is solved with concrete clues. Um it's just 
that to me sounds exhausting in an RPG because you do have to read the GM's mind or, you know, <laughs> lean on your stats as opposed to your reasoning. Well, um, also even, even like for the GM, that kind of thing, depending on how you came about, if, if you came up with all of it on your own, great, that's cool. But mm -hmm. a lot of people don't do that. And it's like, what creating the the amount of layers and misdirects and, you know, stuff necessary to like to keep track of a mystery like oh but this person was here at this time depending on what the clues are it could actually be pretty exhausting for the gm too which yeah. is oh yeah in some ways why the just kind of roll with it method might actually be a little easier on your old noggin i, I totally agree i can understand completely using the scott's method that's probably mm -hmm. the easiest method it may not like you said easy doesn't doesn't miss easiest and hardest at the same or, time yeah we're this is not a this is not a competition this is nah. a these are different methodologies and you get different things out of them depending on how you go about doing them um the reason i'm, I'm sort of bringing this up is i remember listening to an actual play years ago where they did haha call cthulhu but he was running out of a set adventure like a set booklet for call of cthulhu well obviously in the nature of call of cthulhu is a mystery mm -hmm. it's a mystery you probably don't want the answer to but if you don't try to figure it out really really bad things happen and one of the things in this book that was interesting is he's like the gm at the end of the of the had a sort of a breakdown session with everyone and said this is where you guys took clues and you went completely different directions with them, which ended up the end of the scenario being very bad for everyone mm -hmm. because they followed the clues, but he was just following the book. And in some respects, that's appropriate to call Cthulhu because of the genre of if you're not paying attention, if you if you make good or bad roles, it leads you in a different direction and the story gets told in a very different way or has a very different outcome. Yeah. I mean that that is I mean I mean for for games that where a bad end is explicitly on the table yeah um that that could be a more valid way of doing it but um for games where you know you you generally want there to be a satisfying conclusion <laughs> or a satisfying end to the, end to things where the players don't you know have to, to have a drink and rethink their <laughs> life uh, which is called cthulhu that's that's yeah, the it, game that, that you do you play to have that experience uh, you um, signed up you signed up for that one we uh, are and you don't even have to read any contract or anything you looked up and said and on your character she is call of cthulhu mm -hmm. yeah, it, yeah. You're, you're supposed to feel sad yeah. um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's um that 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 I think it depends on the game you're you're playing. 100%. I think in most sort of heroic games where you're supposed to be solving the problem and saving the day, uh, you know, you you want to have a mystery that that is navigable, um, and yeah. and does not like the 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 way I do things, the way that I think, uh, you know, that I I present my my methodology, it requires no real reading of the GM's mind. Yes. Um, yeah. Now that can be very useful if you have someone who knows how you think or is very clever uh, and can can pick up on your clues. That uh, that is is fun and good because hey, lo very little work is required. It's like oh no, the thing that I the thing that I set out to be the mystery is in fact the mystery, and you did figure it out. Um, I mean, another methodology to to discuss to to combat the thing that you were talking about, Matthew. The oh no, you figured it out. Um, 
is, you know, yo, yo, yes, you figured it out. Now let me just add 50 more hit points to everything yes. uh, so that the combat is more intense and satisfying and more, more of the thing. If they, if they, if they shortcutted your mystery uh, and that was supposed to be the gameplay, then you think about ways to pad out the rest of the experience. Right. Um, while, you know, giving them a significant bonus for having figured things out. And, and maybe, maybe, and because you're feeling extremely generous as a GM or something, oh, you figured it out. Congratulations. The thing that you were going to fight became a lot easier because mm-hmm. you figured it out. And you just happened to figure out real quickly. That's cool. Moving right along because, as they say, sort of in the business, ideas are a dime a dozen like mm-hmm. you can always get more ideas yeah, you can, can always, always pad it out. you can you yep. can always pad it out you can always uh you know short circuit things and and make it make it a different experience um uh so let's move on so we told some like very broad methodologies some general ideas about mysteries and what mysteries are um let's talk a little bit more about how mysteries interact with mechanics because this is kind of a tricky thing depending on your system this is all going to be different especially if you're looking for these quote-unquote clues, a lot of of players will be like, I roll this, give me information. Mm -hmm. How do you guys handle that? What is the best way for a GM to handle that? Uh, Usually people, my players ask if they, if I want to know this, is there a way I can roll this? They're very, you know, very Mm -hmm. respectful. Um, I mean, if, if, so if the question they're asking is within the scope of the thing they could reasonably figure out, let them roll, man. Like there's nothing else to do for it. But yeah. Now that said, like you are very much in control of what information is feasible for them to even be able to figure out, especially if they're, you know, under fire in a hole, <laughs> haven't seen the sun for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. It's slowly filling with sand. Yeah. You know, you're, you're still God, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you, you are in fact still God. Um, I mean, like, yeah, the system has a lot to say about this. Like, um, you know, uh, the one that I've been playing the most time in recently, the training continuum, the procedural system uh, is actually very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because it, it's all, it, it's based around, you know, it's based around clues and, and how clues get doled out and how they, they, uh, and they give you many options for, you know, uh, you know, it's a general thing. You roll a pool, pool of dice, you get a number of successes, and that's those successes equal the number of clues that you get to levy towards the situation. Yep. And, you know, you are in control of how those clues manifest themselves. You know, it could be just like raw information. It could be bonuses that they get later on. Yeah, enhancement, um, actual mechanical yeah, enhancement. actual mechanical enhancement. Uh, and of course, my favorite system of clue ever that I yep. that I will use in every game, regardless of the mechanics supported or not, questions. Yes. Uh, because questions are a way of doling out information, but it still requires a clever PC because they have to have the, the, the presence of mind to ask the right questions. And Scott just mentioned something that I will absolutely 100% support. Because here's one of always the big anxiety for a GM. Again, how much do I tell you? Mm-hmm. What do I need to tell you? Am I telling you too little and you don't feel like it's worth it? Or am I telling you too much? But by having, say, you get a question, it puts all of that onto the player and they feel engaged. Mm-hmm. They feel seen. They feel like, 
oh, I have the power now. I've got to ask the best question. Mm -hmm. And then when you get, they give you the question, you're like, oh, I can frame my this answer. I know exactly what the parameters of the answer needs to be. Mm -hmm. And I can couch it in any sort of language appropriate to that question. Yeah. Uh, like the, 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 the best moments that I've ever had um, in, you know, uh, you know, investigatory type scenarios is both as a player and as a GM is when the right question gets asked. Mm -hmm. Like that is just a wonderful moment because you're not, you're not, there's no handholding in that situation. If the right question gets asked and the right information, like the exact right information, just lock in key, um, that is a collaboration between player and character and, and GM of everyone being, you know, people being clever and thus earning the information, not just because they rolled the dice, not just because they had a mechanic that backed it up because they were clever. And thus you, you can feel 100% vindicated by giving them the thing that yeah. they, that they need yeah. uh, because they've, they've earned it in multiple ways. It's a different form of challenge that challenges the player, not necessarily the character. And that's always a cool engagement point. That you mm -hmm. don't see in a lot of older school RPGs. Now, a lot of old school LARP, we've been kind of talking about tabletop. Obviously, LARP mysteries and puzzles, that's a whole other kind of worms mm -hmm. because the classic LARP mentality is did you, you if you're going to do something, you have to do it. You have to figure it out. You have to ask the right question. That's why the investigatory system that Scott's talking about is great for LARPs too mm -hmm. because you're going to talk to a GM at some point and you're going to ask some questions and you're going to try to, and you want to play smart characters that have mechanics that help them ask good questions or get to those good questions. That's, that's important. Also the, uh, the question and answer method is a, um, it's a wonderful place for inserting other clues. Mm-hmm. Um, because maybe the thing, maybe they didn't ask the right question for the thing that they're dealing with right now, but maybe they asked a question about something else. Like maybe mm -hmm. they, they hit on a tangent and that is your, that then is your opportunity. Uh, as we talked before, that is the right moment to weave in a clue. And it might not help with the current situation, but it's information that they now have to deal with another problem or to deal mm -hmm. with a problem that's, that's on the side of, of a tangent of this problem. Um, and once again, they earned it. They they asked a question, got a good answer uh, for for things. So always, always when you're running games, always look for opportunities for to to hit the right, put the right clue in the right spot. You have to be opportunistic about it because uh, if you just if you just hand them out, if you're just like, yeah, go to the clue store and buy the clue. Uh, no, no, it, it's got to be diegetic essentially. That's yeah. the word I was thinking of. It's, diegetic, it, making clues diegetic, making them them as part of the natural flow of things. Uh, is is going to be your best friend? Yeah, the and this is purely from a GM perspective, a skill you have to hone through experience. Mm -hmm. This is one of those things you've just kind of learned. You got to read the room, got to read the players, got to read, you got to understand the story that you're trying to tell, and then sort of weave it in. It's it unfortunately this is the work part of it. We're not we have no easy answers here, as it were. Mm -hmm. Um, so some other things about mysteries that are very important. So. Do you know, as a GM, and this will be very hard, you will give out a clue, and then your players will just go off to La La Land with it. 
they will spin their own wheels and they will talk to other people who will spin their own wheels. And then eventually they're going to run into some brick walls because they took what you said and then reinterpreted it. I don't, I just don't let that happen anymore in tabletop. If they, if someone gets on some wild shit, like some real wild shit and they're intel and they have, and I know their character has like proficiency in the thing that they're talking about. I'm like, ho, 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 hold up. <laughs> let's yeah well let's i mean that, yeah you, you, yeah you can you can either like hand them the thing or you can say like why don't you do an intelligence check for me yeah why don't you do a quick roll yeah. on that uh, real quick I, I have a little bit of pushback on that because i feel that if they're going off if they've chosen to to if they not wouldn't say chose is the wrong word if they have thought through and they have their own viewpoint on it and they're from your perspective incorrect and they're role-playing the character that's on them like well, that's that's also fine, but I'm saying like I'm not going to spend an extra two hours on their bad on their bad idea. <laughs> yeah, is what right, I'm trying right, right. to say. We got we got shit to do, dude. I, I think it's I think we're we agree on that. They needs to, that's a line of thinking that needs to be corrected. I think we're differ on the methodology of how to correct it. Is do you immediately intercede and try to correct it, or do you let sort of the natural consequences and reach a natural point of? Let's let's re let's put you back on the tracks, as it were. Well, I don't know. I think if, if they're spinning their wheels about it and like just going off in a complete, like completely wrong direction, uh, a, a nudge or something is, is great. But if they're like, "Hey, we 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 we're gonna we're gonna uh, we've come to our own conclusions about what what the pro the solution to this problem is, and it's a problem that we're trying to solve right now." Uh, you know, let that's where you let them, you know, Bond suffer the consequences of their actions. <laughs> like, yeah, you may, yeah, you guys knew you could have rolled about this, right? You know, you could have done a thing where you figured out that that was actually stupid, right? <laughs> uh, like that, that's up, that's on y'all, right? I'm just more talking about if they're like way off, like, yeah, like not even are... in the same ballpark, right? Gonna waste two hours of our time if we continue like letting them go on about this. It's like, no, 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 no. No, Dude. no, the shopkeeper knows something and we are going to get it out of them if we have to fucking torture him. We're going to investigate the crime scene. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> was a, there was and, no, anyway. <laughs> yeah, and also another thing we need to think about and as a GM you'll need to think about is them not getting the clue and you having to insert the clue later. But without making it feel like you're spoon feeding them clues. That never feels good as well, to a player. The problem, the problem is the, the your god problem. So any mm -hmm. words you say are important should be are are important words. Yes, yeah. it's very weird to spuriously describe things that don't matter a bit more, more than you should. Like it's mm -hmm. it, people get real tired of that. Like yep. I don't like. Why are you describing this dude's desk, man? Like <laughs> I don't. Is it important? Is it an important desk? That that's actually an important tactic. That's a weird like role playing issue, which is if the everything the GM says is important, anything you say automatically puts their attention there. Mm -hmm. The problem is they'll always think that that is the important thing, and so to throw them off and to keep them from sort of in some weird res weird respect metagame the situation, you have to start weaving in descriptions and stuff of things that are not a part of the big of what you want them to pay attention to yeah it's 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 a little bit of uh it's a little bit of trickery you have to learn how to insert without doing it too much otherwise it sounds kind of make forced. them look like they did you did nothing at all 
Well, I mean, another, another tactic that you can use is like, okay, you put a clue in front of somebody, you know, may, maybe this person was like the best person to get the clue, but they just fucking miss it. Yep. Like they, they don't, they don't, it hits like it, it, it it's not so much, it couldn't, it, it, it's not so much that because, you know, you know, most players are going to pay attention to what the GM says and most people are going to, going to realize that, you know, thing, but sometimes they just, the interpretation hits them wrong mm-hmm. or they think that it's not, uh, it's not relevant to the thing that they're dealing with right now. Or they have a tummy ache or they have a tummy ache and, you know, they, they, they're, they're thinking about their, thinking about their baby. Um, another thing that you can do there is step back and, you know, wait, wait a couple of beats and then reintroduce that clue from another angle through mm. another player. Yep. Uh, you know, you, you, you basically, you, you take it, you package it back up. Uh, you, you know, you, you put a different wrapping paper it. on it. You're re-gifting and, uh, it. You re- and you re-gift it, you know, along another tangent that is relevant to another PC. And, and, so, and this actually happens in other media all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think of a thousand, thousand episodes of Buffy where the smarty smart pants mm-hmm. can't figure out the thing. And then, lo, here comes Xander or one of the other more doofus characters come in. It's like putting too much air into a balloon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're like, oh. And then the smart characters are like, oh. And then it all makes sense. Like, oh, then, then, also- then it's then it's two it's two dots connecting at that. Correct. Point. Well, yeah. you know, but this is the real world. So let's let's get down to real brass tacks. There's probably going to be some people at their table that your table that you shouldn't give the clues to. <laughs> oh yeah. There are some dummies at your table. Yeah. I, on average, like. Like there's going to be someone who's not going to, who, who's just not either. You either have a guy who's not going to ever pay attention because he's too damn stoned. Hello. Um, <laughs> that's usually not me, but you know, they're just generally distracted players, yep. you know, or, or, you know, they're Johnny on the spot. And it's like, well, if I feed a clue to this guy, he's going to do the thing where I have an existential crisis. Right. <laughs> and, or if I give him the clue, it's all game over. This is how this works. We're done. So you kind of have to, to smarty to... pants proof your clues. Yeah. And you have to dummy proof your clues. Um, and this <laughs> this goes into a little bit more of like out of mysteries, but it's more LARP talk. You have to be careful about clues and LARP. Here's why. And you definitely need to shotgun clues at the player base because giving one person the clue Mm-mm. is a bad is a you're asking for a bad time. Well, the thing is, like, there's one. LARPing is not necessarily the cheapest hobby in the entire world. And lots of times, not everyone can make it to every game. Correct. So, you know, what happens if the person you get, like, I'm, I'm going to give the, this person has shown up three games in a row. I'm yep. going to actually give them something. And then it's just like, nah, we moved. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> or or you get you get some of the bad actors who, like, know it's a good clue. Yeah. And then they hold on to the clue. And then they kind of ransom the clue or intentionally misrepresent the clue. <laughs> Correct. Um, this is why Scott's actually approach of like, like repackaging clues or rearranging things. Or like I said, the shotgun approach of getting multiple clues out from different perspectives, from different characters, especially in a LARP setting can help enrich and make sure the, the right thinking can still happen through the player base because the well, telephone so- game will be real. There's also needs to just be, I mean, they just have to know that, you know, whatever comes out of your mouth in terms of when they burn mechanics into it is absolute truth. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. you have to be abs- what you say is, especially in a LARP situation, there are ways to, there are ways to achieve absolute, like absolute truth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't, so when that has happened a couple of times, it's like, yes, 
this person did say that, but I don't believe them because they're always wrong. So I'm going to go double check with the people who actually told them the shit in the first place yeah. and use my machinery to, to see what's actually going on. Yep. And I've had to do that just so many times. And that, that's also another thing. If you're, if you're spitballing and you're having to change things on the fly, like the methodology that Scott was saying, as a GM, write some stuff down. If you haven't already and you need to sort of keep the threads so you don't lose them. Mm-hmm. Write them down. Make a make a note, even if it's like chicken scratch of just like a oh. cipher that you only understand. Make notes. It's fine. Yes. Like make notes on your mystery. Like you definitely still know like the steps. You still know like if you have to insert a step on the fly or anything like that, that's fine. But you should at least have some like you know where it begins, you know kind of the middle and you kind of know the end steps yep. for everything. So that you know, that way you I mean, how would you know shit's fucked up if you didn't if you at least didn't know where it was supposed to be going? <laughs> And uh, also, it is, is a sort of a, a different idea that he has had about mysteries. Is some mysteries shouldn't be solved. Yeah, and you're AKA, not meant to know. Yeah, sometimes that not can always be very interesting. The character that strives to know everything, but the knowing everything is is the problem. Because sometimes it's better not to know. Well, also, they're just—I mean—that's a level setting thing in terms yeah. of how you present the world, like. One of the most important things that you can do if you ever want to avoid that particular situation is make it very clear to the PCs that they are never going to know everything because they're going to run into lots of different people who definitely know more than they do, mm -hmm. and they just don't get to find out like how they knew that. Or I do that a lot actually, where I'll freak I'll freak the PCs out where it's just like some random NPC knows something they did. Like mm -hmm. it's like how did they? How do they? It's like people talk. People talk. Yeah. Magic exists. Magic exists. And you are like level 20 characters, so... You it. guys don't make small waves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, any other thoughts on mysteries? Have we unpacked this uh, puzzle box? I think that's the closest we can we could probably get without devolving into true faffery. Yeah, Indeed. that's true. Yeah, so, mysteries, they are a lot of fun. They are actually one of the cornerstones of role-playing. Because why the hell are you doing this? Nine hit, most plot know, lines guy with a thing. rely yeah, hit, on this guy with thing. You know, yeah. Well, I mean that that is also the other the the, the grand method of, of solving a mystery, uh, the Gordian knot approach. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that motherfucker. The raw application of unbridled violence. We, we could figure this out, or war. <laughs> dot dot yeah. dot. Yeah. Or dot dot dot. And we've had plenty of episodes on how to avoid the or dot 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 situation well, you know you know what so, sometimes it's fine sometimes that's also fine yeah like yeah. Some, sometimes it's fine like, sometimes you know that is the solution to I, the I, problem when i said i had a pretty ridiculous npc last night i literally had him scream fight me you cowards <laughs> with a big glowing arrow to the yes. way the fight was <laughs> like fight me oh yeah and also just as i said clue by force that's a common mm -hmm. phrase that we use a lot when you really absolutely 100 percent need to hit some hit a player with a clue and it's very obviously a clue we call it a clue by four like all right well we got to get this module going so so drop it hard on them and if they still don't bite that is not on us i mean that's where things like visions uh yeah. come into play like, uh, yeah, you have a vision. This town, this this town is about to become a crater. Got to go do something about that. So, from everyone here at Polyedron, we hope you solve all your mysteries. 
go where your fun is. Go roll some dice. Hello, everyone. Matthew here. If you enjoyed the show, you can always contact us at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, as well as at polyhedroncast on Twitter. And if you want to get in touch with me, I'm at Divis Melkab on Twitter. And I'm at Arjuus, R-J-U-O-U-S on Twitter. And if you really want to show your support and get some extra content on the side, head on over to patreon.com slash polyhedron.